If you are a businesswoman working to amplify your six and seven figure business from success to significance, then you know it's not just about the right strategies or the right tactics. It's more and more about high caliber people around you, your team, your collaborators, and advisors that can open doors for you and widen your reach. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Welcome back to another episode of your Circle of Influence podcast, where we talk about the tools, the strategies, and the things that you should be doing as a high-performing entrepreneur, um, and also give you a little bit of the back behind the scenes of what that looks like to run a successful company. So today we are talking about something that is totally in Monica's jam. (laughs) Totally. This is in your jam, Monica. Uh, mm -hmm. So Dr. Monica Ogando of the clan of Ogandos, who knows everything that there is to know about investing is going to be taking us down. Yeah. Of the clan. (laughs) That, that part was important. Um, she She's going to be sharing with us today some secrets for how to get started with investing because mm-hmm. all of us know we should be investing, right? Like that's not news. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people feel like they're not sure what's that first step or where do they get started or where should they be investing? So that's why we've brought on the expert today. Thank you for saying that. That means a lot to me. Um, some of you know that I started my career as a, as a stockbroker, as a financial planner, fresh out of college, and, um, and have been investing ever since. Um, for me, it is important for a couple of reasons. One is because it is the fastest path to your financial independence. It is outside of clients, outside of a job, outside of full-time employment, et cetera. It's, it's one way that you can stand on your own two adult financial feet, as it were. Um, and two, because it allows you a, a big picture perspective into the business world that's outside of your industry. You can see some patterns in your own country of origin. You can see some patterns in the economy, et cetera. And you you get the, the financial literacy that, I'm, that I talk about isn't just about um, budgeting and taxes and credit or whatever. It's bigger than that, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. the whole of the economy. So... To do that, you do have to start taking small steps. So the first thing that I would do um, to get started as an investor is to, number one, figure out for yourself, get clear on what your risk tolerance level is, because that will inform what investing tools you use. If you're the kind of person that is okay with not winning, as long as you're not losing, right, that's a very low risk tolerance factor. So you want really safe investment vehicles, such as life insurance policies, uh, um, mutual funds, uh, bonds, government issued bonds. It's a, well, you know, <laughs> now with the government doing what it's doing, that I might don't be know. high risk. I don't know if that might be <laughs> <laughs> that, that may have just disqualified itself. <laughs> but you understand that it's like when you understand your own risk tolerance level, then you understand which uh, investment vehicles to pay attention to and which ones are not 
in your bag. Like don't even consider them. Cause then eventually what happens is you try to see all of them and evaluate all of them. Not all of them qualify. You don't need to get educated on that off the bat. Right. So that's the first thing. The second thing is determine how much money you want to invest on a regular basis. So some, some people are like, Oh, you know, I'll just take my um, income tax refund, <laughs> invest that and let it do its thing. I want you to think about what is the least amount and what is the most amount that you can comfortably afford to put aside to your investment journey? For some, the least amount is $20 and, and the most amount is 100 That's fine. It doesn't matter how small or big it is. For some, it may be $2,000 and $10,000, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter how big or small it is as long as you can do it consistently. Mm-hmm. The reason why that's important is because eventually, maybe not the first year, But eventually, um, after the 13-month mark is what I find, you'll start to see that it starts to snowball. And the returns get bigger and bigger, and you have to move less and less. So Mm -hmm. if you decided that it was going to be $1,000 a month, let's say, at first, $1,000 a month doesn't look like it's doing much. But at the end of uh, that first year, let's say that you averaged 8 to 10% um, return, eventually that 10%, if you keep it there and you still mm-hmm. continue to do a thousand dollars every single month, eventually what started out as a thousand dollar portfolio will become a 10,000 and then a hundred thousand dollar portfolio. And before you know it, it's your retirement nest egg, right? Mm-hmm. You have to let it sit there long enough, contribute to it long enough. This also matters when you're starting. If you are starting and you're 55 years old, you have less runway than someone that started when they're 35 years old. So it's kind of like that Chinese proverb says, the best time to plant an oak was 20 years ago. Yeah. The next best time is now. And this is is also true of your investment life, of your investment um, journey, is to start as soon as possible and to be consistent as possible. Next that you want to think about is how involved do you want to be? Do you want to be the one doing your research? Which I recommend that you do at least some of your own personal research because you want to educate yourself, at least at first. Um, But maybe you want somebody else to do the managing of it. Maybe you want it to be a managed account. Maybe you want it to be a hybrid of something that you can manage, but you also have access to a financial advisor. In that sense, you are going to need to pay a management fee. And some people don't take that into account that it's like, you know, they, they eat at it (laughs) (laughs) because they're charging you for this advice. Um, And so you want to think about how involved do you want to be in making those kinds of decisions and how much access to counsel, to advisory services you want to have in order to make those educated decisions. Sometimes that advisory could just be taking classes, you know, um, retail financial services such as Charles Schwab or Merrill Lynch or Edward Jones, E-Trade, et cetera. They have a lot of like webinars and classes that you can take so that you can educate yourself. And that's a great place to start so that you can at least get the lingo so that you know what's the difference. What's a PE ratio, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? What's a management fee? Um, You know, why do I pay capital gains tax if I invest in something and then sell it in less than a year, et cetera? You need to know these really basic things and processes so that that also informs the decisions that you make in your investment journey. And then finally, 
just as you need to know how it is that you want to get in, you also want to know how to get out. And here's what I mean. I don't mean just get out of an investment journey. That's not what I'm talking about because I think that's a lifelong thing. I'm talking about getting out of certain bad situations that you've put yourself in or calculating your losses. For example, if you've, if you've made an investment and it's not going the way you want it to, you need to be able to calculate when am I going to cut my losses? Mm-hmm. I always recommend a three to one ratio. This is, but again, this is very, very general and it depends on what, what you're investing in and how much you've invested, et cetera. There's so many variables, but this is a good kind of like starting rule. And that means that for every $3 that I stand to make, on a particular return on investment, I only allow myself to lose one, right? And how do you know when you reach that one? Because sometimes some stocks are very volatile and they lose a lot and they gain a lot on a day-to-day, sometimes hourly basis. Mm -hmm. And some like mutual funds, for example, don't move very much on a day-to-day basis, but you look up one year and you're like, wait a minute, (laughs) this is reached, you know? So you need to make sure that you under, this is why, right? The risk tolerance is so important because if you're going to lose your mind when something goes up and down every few hours, listen, don't give yourself an ulcer. Yeah. That's, that's not for you. Right. And if watching a mutual fund grow is just kind of like watching paint grow on a wall for you and you're going to drive yourself mad. So you have to know what your risk tolerance level is so that you know where to um, put your money, invest it consistently cut your losses so that then you can take that money and move it somewhere where it matches your personality, your investment personality a little bit more. Is that helpful, Amy? Does that, does that cover the one-on-one? Yes, it does. Um, okay. So I'm going to be honest when I hear that, it seems like a ton of stuff that I don't have time to do and time to figure out. (laughs) So and I'm sure I'm not the only one who's like, I know I want to like, we, we do invest, but right now our investment is all going through a financial planner. Yeah. And, um, you know, fun. as you're talking, I was like, I need to email him and be like, can I get a report on how things are going? Cause I don't think I'm <laughs> like paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would love to, I love the idea of being more involved. And then I get to the reality of feeling like I already have so much going on that I can't squeeze in. How do I add one more thing in? So I'd love to hear you just speak to that. How much time are we really talking here? Yeah. So, you know, it depends on what your financial goal is. So if you're saving for retirement for a big ticket purchase, like you're saving for a down payment for a house or for your retirement or for your children's college tuition in 10 years or five years or whatever the case may be, then you can afford to let it sit there for a long time without you doing much to it. Right. Because the Mm -hmm. point is accumulation. But if you have a shorter term window, like I need this money in six months, for example, then you're going to want to be aggressive and you want to keep your eyes on it on a more regular basis. I'm going to give you an example. Um, A couple of years ago, my father was still alive and he had huge um, medical bills that were mounting. Some of that was taken care of by, you know, Medicaid, Medicaid, blah, blah, blah. But there was some Mm -hmm. stuff that was not covered and we needed to be able to handle that quickly. And so for me, it was like, I don't have time to be launching anything. I can't depend on somebody else being able to purchase something or a volume sale or whatever, whatever. I need to focus on my investment account Mm -hmm. and it needs to be really aggressive. Now, Back in 2020 and 2021, the market was really volatile and there was a lot of growth happening inside of the market. But you needed to catch the wave when it was happening. 
So that mm -hmm. requires a certain level of vigilance and a certain level of, it's kind of like playing, what is this thing? Double dodge, right? Yeah. Where it's like, you need to know when to get in and when to get out. Right. Yeah. And if you don't know how to play double dutch, you're going to trip and you're going to fall. <laughs> right? That is my experience. Every time I tried to do double dutch, <laughs> I lack the foot coordinate, foot eye coordination, the foot eye coordination. Rough. So it's the same thing with the, <laughs> with the market that it's like, when you understand everything that I just gave you in, you know, risk tolerance and minimum and cut your losses and da, da, da. Okay. But if the timeline is short, then it compresses all of that and you need to move fast. That's, that's why you need that financial education so that you know what you're talking about to get in and out of something, right? You are an expert at onboarding teams and managing teams. You know when somebody is giving you signs of this is not going to work out. Mm -hmm. This is, the skills are fine, but the culture is not a fit or something like that. You, you, you know enough about teams to know that nuance immediately. There are some people that need to have somebody in for six months before they're like, oh, maybe this is the, maybe this isn't a skill issue. Maybe this is a culture issue. They need a six months to mm -hmm. know what you would know in two weeks. Right. Right. So it, because you know enough, because you've been in it enough and you're going to have to give yourself for everybody who's just starting out, you're going to have to give yourself six months to a year of being in it regularly, even if regularly for you is an hour a week. Mm hmm. That's my minimum recommendation. An hour a week of just reading the stuff, of just going through, learning what things are. Why is it this way? Looking at charts. What does the resistance mean? What does the support mean? Why did it go up this way? What was going on? Check out the news for that particular company that you're researching. Why is, like, for example, people thought that Clorox, <laughs> the company that, that um, you know, with disinfectants and all that stuff, that they were going to shut through the roof for COVID. Mm -hmm. It was just going to, they were going to blow up. No, they actually went down. Why did hmm. they go down? So when you understand what market is doing and in relationship to everything else, right? Because stocks don't live in a vacuum. Mutual funds don't live in a, in a vacuum. If you give yourself a, an hour a week to just read the news about it and do some research and look at charts, et cetera, et cetera, you will be in a much better equipped and educated um, place than if you were just like, well, let me just meet with my financial planner for an hour a week. Yeah. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Plus, I don't want to meet with my financial planner for an hour each week, even though he is a delightful gentleman. <laughs> right. But like, no, what shade would we... Peter. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, he's great. I like genuinely like him, but I, I don't want to meet with anyone for an hour a week if I don't have to. So. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate all of the info. Um, for those of you who are listening in, if you guys have more questions about this, Monica actually runs a program called Women, Wealth, and Worthiness, mm -hmm. where she teaches you a lot about financial literacy, but also getting kind of like the headspace around money and alignment. So reach yeah. out. It's not always open. And it seems like every time it is, there's a waiting list. So get on the waiting list yes. now so you can be in the next time it's open. That's exactly right. And thank you all for joining us um, connect with us online. We love hearing from you. I'm at Amy Walker coach and Monica is at Monica Ogando. And we encourage you to go be amazing this week and mind your money, mind <laughs> your money. What is in the words of the honorable Elijah Snoop doggy dog, my mind on my money and my money on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Bye everybody. Talk to you soon.